Genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one elven tier at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. <laughs> you make it sound like a precious artifact or something. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today we're talking about Minute 131, which starts with Elrond saying, you will linger on in darkness and in doubt, and ends with Arwen crying and turning to look at Elrond. Mm -hmm. She looks like she's about to, like, really have something to say, but... Yeah, like, angrily? Yeah, like, kind of angrily. Because he just finishes saying, there's nothing for you here but death. Is his last line, is the last spoken line in the minute. Right. And he pauses before he says death. Like, he really, really puts some emphasis on it. <laughs> As if he hasn't been doing that the entire time. Right, like, this, this minute opens and there's, like... We are looking at a sarcophagus. Right. We're looking at a tomb. I mean, we we hit on most of Elrond's janky crap uh, last week when the monologue started, but I think the most manipulative line is tomorrow? Yes, it's the, the exchange in Elvish tomorrow, yeah, I yeah. think. So, uh... I think you're right. I think that is the most manipulative. Screw that. Um... But that's not today. That's not today. So today has what is really eerie, but also a really beautiful shot of Arwen robed walking through the woods. Yes, I think that in contrast to the shot next to Aragorn's grave, I think this might be the most beautiful shot in the movie. Just because it's... It's, like, evocative, but a different kind of evocative. I get, like, Celtic wilderness fairy vibes. Right. Uh, whereas with Aragorn, like, the effigy of Aragorn and her standing next to it unchanged is yeah. a similar sort of evocative. That's, like, gothic. Yeah. But I like... I don't know. I like both of them... Equally for different reasons. Mm. I don't remember if we mentioned this last week, but that is that is actually a, a cast of Viggo Mortensen. That's not a sculpture. They cast him and then like worked over it. How so that you... is that is actually a cast of like his face. How do you do that? Do you just stick your face in plaster? Like... Yeah. But that is exactly how they do casts like that. Can't you not breathe? It doesn't have to be held for very long. Usually they put like a little hole and give you a straw. That's terrifying to me. Yeah. Yeah. That... And then they work around it. So that's that's a life cast of Vigo Mortensen. That makes my claustrophobia like I don't have like like alarm bells. Yeah, I don't have like really bad claustrophobia, but like very specific situations like that that's horrifying. Right, because you know, it's covering your eyes and your nose and your mouth. Yeah. And it's not even water. It's, like, plaster. Yeah. That's scary. So, like, that's that's actually a cast of Viggo Mortensen. That is that, the thing on top of the tomb. Mm-hmm. So, fun fact. 
I don't think we mentioned that last week. I don't think we did either. But yeah, I, I love the visual of Arwen walking through the woods because... So, like, here's the thing that that implies to me every time I see it accompanied by, like, this monologue from Elrond is that she has lived so long that there is no longer a city of man for her to be in. She's just walking through the woods. Well, I don't know that... And to me, that's, like, really dark and sad. I don't even know that there wouldn't be a city of man anymore because, I mean, like, it is the age of men. So maybe, like, he is envisioning her because she's, like... Uh, just, uh, just mad with grief wandering through the no, forest? No, not even mad with grief, but, like, her... I guess it kind of goes along with what we were talking about last week, where Elrond views Arwen as having literally no agency aside from, like, the men in her life, which is problematic AF. But, like, to me, it seems like she was almost, like, cast out, or... Like, she has no place in the the realm of men anymore, so she's just taken to the woods or something. To I become l- like a Baba Yaga. Not a Baba <laughs> I don't know if I would ever describe Liv Tyler as a Baba Yaga. <laughs> but... <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. her relevance is extinguished so she's just forced to wander through the woods like a, an elf i like go that Merkwood. i like well i like that the trees are also like it's winter time so the trees are are dead mm. um and i like that paired with the shot we see like the first shot of elves we see well, i guess not in the trilogy but in Frodo's time where the elves are bathed in like white light and they're walking through the forest and it's like lush and green and then we have this where Arwen is like head to toe covered in black wandering through this like dead wood Mm. and I like the parallel of those two shots I believe she's also going the opposite direction no I think they're I think the the elves when we first see them are going left and she's going left in the shot no, they're not going left. They're going right. Are, are you sure? I always imagine them going left because they're going west. So visually to descri- show something going west, you would show it going left. Would you? Because when you look at a compass rose, west is the left direction. So to like communicate westerly things, oh. you would show motion left versus right. I always think about them going to the right, but I don't have fellowship queued up. Maybe I'll double check, but the, uh... Because also, like, visually, left is associated with, like, going back as opposed to going forward. Right, but the elves are going forward. They're going into their new life. No, they're going back because the elves that are here are ones... The elves that are going back, going to Valinor, are going back. They left and then they crossed again into Middle-earth with... Fanor, a lot of these elves did. That's the the flight of the Noldor. I don't think all of these elves are are that old. No, not all of them, but like some of them are the descendants of those people. Right. Like so these they've are... never been to Valinor before. They can't but, go back to a place they've never been before. No, but like as a people, you can. Like right, as a people, but I'm talking about like this specific group of elves. I mean, some of them are certainly that old. I guess, yeah. 
I don't know. I, I think that, like, the the idea, well, like, visually the, left is so she was going back two places. The whole concept of leaving Middle-earth and going to Valinor anyway is always positive. And I feel like going back is, like, I don't know, it's regressive. It's not, we're not moving in a direction that we, like, we're not following the, the, the path that was laid out for us. We're, like, doubling back and stuff. Symbolism. Yeah, the uh, Peter Jackson also is it is it Peter? No, it's not Peter. I think it's um. I can't remember now who it is in the commentary, and I literally watched it just a bit ago. The uh, someone in the commentary talks about how some of this is supposed to like represent how the project of men has failed, and that's why the elves are leaving. Like from the elven perspective men have failed whatever they thought men were going to be so a lot of them are leaving because there's nothing left in middle earth for them and like i don't necessarily agree with that reading or like even with trying to like visualize it that way what do you mean the project of men has failed like men didn't live up to what the elves thought men were going to be as another child of iluvatar like elves were supposed to try to help them become something great like the elven societies were originally and that didn't come to fruition so the elves are leaving that's how i take that phrase okay but the elves don't even know like what the whole plan was right but from their perspective they just look at what men have built in the third age and just think that man this is crap okay I think that's what they're going for, like, when they say that in the commentary. Okay. Not from the perspective of, like, a creature like Gandalf, but the perspective of... Of an elf. Like Elrond. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, like, men weren't even supposed to... Because men can do whatever the heck they want, right? Right, they're, they're not, not tied, bound to an afterlife. They're not tied to the, the earth or whatever, like, the elves are, so... Right. But, like, just from an elf, like, looking at, man, like, man's society and the way that so many men have, like, fallen to this way of Sauron and Numenor fell. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Like, from an elven perspective, like, men suck and are weak mm -hmm. and aren't doing what we thought that they would do. Like, they're no great creation of Iluvatar. They've, they've failed. They've, they've fallen to darkness or despair right. or evil. Their city, all their greatest cities are ruins by the time of the Third Age. Uh -huh. So, like, but I don't necessarily agree with, like, the idea that, like, the project of men has failed. It's just, it's, it's not what the elves are after. Right. It's, it just turned out differently than you originally thought it was going to. Right. I think it's, it's a very, like, it's a very, very elf-centric viewpoint. Right. I mean, Elrond is a very elf-centric dude up until this point. Ha ha, see? They are going to the right. That's weird to I me. I found it. I found it. Yeah, that just runs counter to my, like, thought that, like, showing something going west, you would show it going left. Because I feel like that's generally true. Well, I guess, like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess symbolically, like, with the elves bathed in white and... They're surrounded by, like, it's twilight and it's dark, but, like, it's that ethereal, like, blue light. 
that LaFlorian has going on all the time. Right. So them going, heading off into the, the right side of the screen, to me, is read as a positive. Right. Because you're... Well, yeah, think of uh, think of every, like, iconic scene showing the Fellowship traveling. They're traveling right across the frame. Like, the trailer shot. Like, Frodo and Sam crossing the Shire. They're going right across the frame. The, like, the, it shows progress. The Fellowship, though, passing through that rock is going to the left. The rock for the trailer shot? Yeah, like, the... They come up and then go to the right and leave the frame on the right side. Like, they themselves, from their perspective, are traveling left. But from a visual perspective, they come up no, over I'm the rock sure, and go right. I'm pretty sure they go to the left. Am I just backwards? Maybe. Because I'm pretty sure they leave the frame on the right side. I don't even know where that trailer shot is in the movie. It's been so long. <laughs> like, when they're traveling through the pass of Right, uh, I know Cardos, which one you're talking right. about. The, the, the slow motion shot where you get everyone's face, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they leave the, they leave the frame on the right hand, on the right half of the screen. Yeah, they totally do. Oh yeah, you're right. You are correct. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Like iconic shots of people progressing. They're going right. Yeah. So that's why I like the Arwen one because she's heading into, she's heading to the left Mm. of the screen and it's it reads especially with the color palette like it's still that washed out pastel or not like washed not pastel right. but like that washed out like filmy right. like even all the even all the wide shots of like legolas aragorn and gimli traveling across rohan they're traveling right mm-hmm. most of the time when we see Treebeard walking with mary and pippin they're going right everyone moves right in movies yeah so then Arwen is going left. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I like the symbolism of that juxtaposed with the elves going to Valinor in the first movie. Mm. Because the elves going to Valinor, like the color palette is similar, but it's different enough where you like the blue is softer yeah. in the fellowship shot. Right, but like the trees are dark and the elves are bright. And right. then in the Arwen shot, like she is dark. But because it's winter and there's more light, like the trees are brighter. So it's opposite contrast. Yeah. And like the trees, I mean, they're, they're traveling in like the summer. So the trees are like full foliage. Whereas yeah. with Arwen in this minute, they're sticks. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Makes I just sense. wanted to make sure that I wasn't pulling stuff out of my ass. Cause <laughs> right. Yeah. I just always imagine whenever I'm, whenever I'm like, oh, things are going west. Oh, they're going left. Like that just makes sense visually to me. Because when you look at a compass, the west is the left side, and the east is the right side. Do you think that's because, um, I wonder if that's like a purely western phenomenon, where, uh, like, because we read left to right, so it makes sense for things to be progressing from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen. Because that's just the way that we're trained to consume media, just from reading that way. Right. Maybe. That makes sense. That makes sense you to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, because in Japanese, like, you read right to left, or depending on, like, the kind of writing, it's up, It it's from the top to bottom and right to left. Mm. Like, you're reading columns. Right. So, like, yeah, maybe, like, I, I guess that makes sense for, like, 
readers of the Romanic alf- the the Roman alphabet in general. Yeah, that makes sense for like all media to kind of follow that pattern. Well, not all media, but like Western media. That's what I mean. Like in that context, like if, if you're a if you're a, a civilization whose writing is left to right, it makes sense for any visual things you create to also convey motion from left to right. Yeah, or at least like positive motion. Right. Like that just makes sense. Like, and that's the way that we're like trained to, like in art classes. That's the way you're kind of like trained to look at an image too. Is oh, really? like yeah, or, or like you start. Did in we the... just like accidentally stumble across a film theory thing? Maybe <laughs> I don't know, but like. Like, when I was in humanities in high school, I remember we talked about how when you scan a painting, a lot of times they put important visual cues, like, in the bottom left-hand corner, because that's where a lot of people's eyes just kind of generally first go in an image. And then from there... The bottom left-hand corner? Yeah, the bottom, like, the bottom left corner. Like, when you're looking at something, you look at the center and then to the bottom left. Like, a lot of people do that. Why wouldn't it be to the top left, though? Because you're, like, looking at the top of the page because when we see an image i think we just kind of assume that there's something in the foreground so we look for the foreground first which is the bottom half of the image Hmm. like generally a foreground foreground stuff is in the front half the bottom half of an image is also kind of the front half of an image that's not necessarily always true yeah so you scan the foreground first and then look deeper into the background is just generally the way people look at stuff Okay. So there's a lot of like Baroque and Renaissance paintings, the way that they want your eyes to follow, there's something in the center and then lines across of action happening or like things happening in the painting. Mm. So you follow like a left to right line across the image. And then there was like all kinds of examples. There's like a really famous shipwreck one. I can't remember the name of right now. But you probably have an image in your brain when I'm like, oh, like a Baroque shipwreck painting. A lot of people probably know what it is, but I can't remember the name of it at all. I actually don't really care for Baroque um, art in general, so I'm more of like a like a romantic uh, impressionist mm. person. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> uh, I just feel like it's an image that's the, in textbooks. The Baroque style is a little too uh gaudy for me that chiaroscuro and super high contrast no chiaroscuro is renaissance Mm. like the super high contrast dark and light that was perfected in the renaissance which was like 200 years before the baroque era right other than baroque artists also like revived that they started doing it too like a lot of baroque work is like super high contrast uh yes and no it depends on the artist and what they're where they're from and what they're doing okay like, when I think of Baroque, there's a handful of paintings I think of that are, like, super dark in the background and super bright in the foreground. They might be Renaissance paintings. No, they're definitely Baroque ones. Okay. <laughs> I just can't think of what they're called. But there's there's a handful, because I remember, like, because we talked about everything in periods and classes. Right. And I'm just, like, so I have a handful of paintings that, like, I associate with each period of art that... I don't know, like the Baroque ones and the Renaissance ones, a lot of the ones that are in my brain are really similar. Surprising no one, I am an Impressionist person. Mm. That's why I like the shot of Arwen with the woods. Right? (laughs) It's like gauzy. So there's a, I really like the tapestry that's right behind Elrond on the left when he turns around in this minute. With the moons and stuff on it? Yeah, I think that's probably supposed to represent like the two trees of Valinor. Oh, yeah. 
with the lights, the lamps. Yeah, with the lamps. I think that that's immediately what I thought of when I saw it. This like blue and silver tapestry. Uh-huh. It's probably not really quite the same color blue and silver as it looks because of the blue filter in the in the image, but right. it's really pretty. They also talk a lot about how like all the dressers and drawers in the set are real dressers and drawers. Like they actually finished them instead of just making fronts on stuff. Wow. Because I guess in New Zealand, one of the way that movies like buy like get back their budget is they sell all the props. So they make pretty much everything functional anyway. That's awesome. So they can sell all the props to be used as like functional furniture and stuff. That's so cool. Not that New Line is doing that, but like that's the way that a lot of these people that work in New Zealand workshops do stuff, I guess. They talk about it in the commentary. Yeah. So that daybed's just floating around. Yeah, someone might have that. That's so cool. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a functional piece of furniture. Someone's going to buy it because it's a Lord of the Rings prop. Right. For sure. Doesn't really matter. And that's really, I don't think there's really much else to talk about today. Yeah, the crux of the conversation is really tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I just think it's pretty. It's a pretty minute. It it's is a sad, pretty minute. But it's pretty. Yeah, the way that, like, the really dramatic, like, inhale from Arwen. Yeah, I don't. Makes me think that, like, that is a vision that she saw because of Elrond. Like, she actually saw what he was talking about. Oh. Because, I mean, this week establishes the psychic connection that, like, Elrond and Galadriel have. That's true. But, Galad, like, it's established that Galadriel has psychic magic, not a- anyway. Elrond. But, like, this is... Right. But, like, if Elrond is, like, talking back at such a great distance, like... I mean, in the canonically in the book, there's a psychic connection between Galadriel, Elrond, Gandalf, and I can't remember if it's Celebrimbor or Cadan, but there's four. Mm. Like it, it's from the books. Like they have conversations, right? So, like, I don't know if this is supposed Elrond's to just like manipulating her with mind magic too, right? Like, I don't know if this is supposed to be like a callback to like what Galadriel does in Lothlorien in the movie, where like she kind of like gives people visions of the things that she's talking about like that's what's implied to us okay and like what is blatantly told to us by boromir right so like is this elrond doing the same thing to to arwen that sucks how rude like is this just how they've had conversations for their whole life where like one of them describes things and the other one just sees it like that would make communication really easy as an elf if that's just how it works but also incredibly invasive if you are, like, telling them stuff like this instead of facts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's not, like, digging around in someone's mind to, like, change things. It's just, like, I'm just going to put this image in your brain. Right. But, like, you can put any image you want in their head at that point, And right. it's not factually accurate. Yeah. But, like, that's what that kind of, like, reaction then, like, of Arwen then, makes like, me think. Spinning it as a vision makes it more concrete in that way. So you are, like furthering your argument by right sending like, all this crap this over. is just like making me think though of like arwen not cleaning her room when she's a child and elrond being like do you want me to show you how out of hand this could get oh my gosh that's horrible <laughs> just like just a mountain of filth <laughs> it's like a children's book yeah it's like a shell like the illustrations in a shell silverstein book yeah <laughs> it just like gets out of hand in the margins oh my gosh that's silly and horrible i don't know made me chuckle thinking about it that way mind magic man right elrond certified psychic (laughs) Uh, we're from the website (laughs) duelinggenre.com where you can find us and a whole bunch of other podcasts 
underneath the, the Dueling Genre family. You can also, if you've got some spare time and as little as a dollar a month, support us on Patreon by going to duelinggenre.com slash support. And then for $3 a month, you get access to the weekend editions for all the Dueling Genre content that has them on the Dueling Genre Patreon. Yep. And then five is um, Geek by Night stuff. Yep. $5 a month gets you Geek by Night stuff. Well, basically everything. Pretty much. Thanks for joining us today. As always, special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Ed Foster. And we'll be back tomorrow to talk more about Elrond, Master of the Guilt Trip. Bye. Bye.